0: This episode of Nintendo Voice Chat is sponsored by GameFly.
1: Listen! Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat episode 419. I'm your host, Zach Ryan, and joining me today, if you're listening in full audio form, uh, all the way over here, uh, regaled in full Rathalos costume, uh, Casey DeFritis, I've got uh, Brian, the man, the myth, and the leather jacket, but you're wearing denim today. Yeah, yeah, we're throwing it off. Mixing it up. You're
0: listening, pretend.
1: And over here, Super Smash Brendan. Hey! Right on, guys. I like the nicknames. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I've been thinking about these nicknames for a while. That's good. Yeah, I really mapped them out for you. Um, If you're watching live, you know that... NBC is live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Uh, right here on IGN.com. And you can catch it 24 hours later on YouTube and your favorite podcast services. So check us out Thursdays at 3 p.m. here, Pacific Standard Time. Uh, some other important stuff that we need to address. Uh, you may have heard that IGN and Philip Mewson have parted ways. So we're going to temporarily be filling the host seat with other faces from IGN. If you want more information on that, be sure to check out IGN.com or Twitter. Obviously, we love doing NVC and appreciate your ongoing support.
2: So
3: let's dive
1: right into this Smash Brothers direct, of which there was a lot of news.
3: That's true. <gasps> yeah. It
2: was so good.
3: Uh, every time I think like, oh, there'll be like, like one or two things this time. He'll just say like, hey, here's a new mode. Okay, see you in December. Now here's am, everything else.
2: I'm consistently surprised by these. Uh, directs and new news for smash and i'm always really excited about it and i'm especially excited mm-hmm. about I saw, this one <laughs> i saw somebody
3: on
0: twitter was kind of upset that this uh there wasn't news about other nintendo games well so that's hey, like the, this the, is, is a smash, smash direct, direct. but yeah. that's something that, that,
1: that nintendo has kind of introduced in the last couple of years because like when they started doing directs they right. would do directs about like big news dumps about a lot of different games mm-hmm. but I think probably just in the Switch generation they've sort of narrowed it down to like hey we're going to do a direct about just this game and that's what this Smash Direct was I appreciate and they really, that. Yeah me too. I yeah. think it's really like it makes for a much more focused direct. Um, it helps me to retain a lot more of the information. Sets mm-hmm.
0: expectations with the audience. Right.
1: Um, well unless you don't hopefully. understand that it's yeah. just
0: a Smash Direct. Uh, I feel the timing of this was odd because this game's not out for December and mm-hmm. we're still sort of like what's going to happen between now and then. Um, that said once 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 it got started, I was like, oh, I love watching these. Like, you know, I think in terms of directs, uh, these almost inherently are designed to be packed with surprises because that's just the way these roll out. When you see them end and the screen fades to black. With every other direct, you're like, that's probably it. But with this one, like Donkey Kong shows with up, Sakurai, and like,
3: you never, you know, yeah. like something's going to happen. Well, Even I mean, after
0: it ended and the credits popped up, I still kept staring at the screen, being like, you're looking for like a Marvel, like yeah, you got yeah. one yeah. right?
1: Uh, well, they really started this uh, this direct off with of a banger too, because they just killed Luigi, yeah, like he, just he right died. out of the gate. They just put him face to face with actual death, which yeah. I think is a little bit terrifying. But, which um, is weird news.
3: Yeah. Uh, I hope it's uh, the plot of <laughs> Luigi Mansion Three. Mm-hmm. He just mm-hmm. Luigi
2: dies. Spoilers. <laughs> <He> vacuums <laughs> it, it himself. It takes place in the Castlevania uh, mansions. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I, so uh. <laughs> they they frame these directs, especially the Super Smash Brothers directs, uh, with this these like awesome vignettes. Right. We got two of them this time around. One for for. Uh, Castlevania and then one for Donkey Kong at the end uh, but I love the way that they're building the lore of these sort of like mashup universes mm-hmm. um, and this one specifically it's Castlevania cross Luigi's Mansion yeah. which I think is really brilliant yeah. and really kind of funny I, I, I love the way that they set that up but of course it did light Twitter on fire <laughs> people were freaking out about whether or not Luigi was actually dead mm-hmm. and it took a few hours for um, Nintendo UK Versus to tweet out that, that he was doing fine. Do
3: you believe that? Do you honestly no, believe that? Only time that? will
1: tell. You know, it's a real mystery wrapped He's
0: in a conundrum. i definitely See, I've been...
2: having an outer body experience at least. But <laughs> but it's, it's so tish. weird because it's like, that's just <laughs> to
0: show you how little respect that he gets as a character. We've seen Mario die on screen millions of times and no one has ever once questioned if it was permanent. But with Luigi, you have to ask yourself... Is he dead for good? I mean, yeah. he
3: Ridley did stab Marth the heart and Mega Man. That's so. true. That was horrible. I lo- that was my favorite one so far.
1: Like, I love mm-hmm. Mega Man, Samus, and Mario just yeah. chomping through a spaceship. I yeah. thought that was very cool. Here's the thing to keep in mind when
0: you watch a lot of these directs: uh, it, it's it's fake. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
1: not, it's, it's all it's all it's made not Real
0: doesn't matter. No one actually got killed. This is a, those are animations. Uh, but yeah, we got Simon <laughs> Belmont, which is like if you think about it as you know. <laughs> We used to be children at some point. In many ways, we still are. Not and
1: Brennan actually. Brennan was born a full-grown man. That's so. true, with a sure. beard and everything.
0: Yeah. Uh, so the, the thing that's weird about this is that we grew up with characters like Sonic and Snake and Pac-Man mm-hmm. and, and Simon Belmont. And one by one, they're all ending up in Smash Brothers to the point where, like, if you're not in Smash Brothers by now, what's wrong?
3: You know,
4: like, oh, no. like,
3: we're kind of like, <laughs> how did you offend Sakurai? Like,
0: yeah, what did Crash Bandicoot do to not be here yet? Because it's almost at the point where everyone else has been invited to this party at this point.
1: Well, let's not count the Bandicoot out yet, because Sakurai made a point of saying early on in this direct that there are still a few more characters to reveal, right? Yeah. So in this direct, we got a look at Simon Belmont, Richter Belmont, and then Echo characters like Krom, Dark Samus, and then, of course, the King King K. Rule reveal yeah. at the end, um, which kind of led the conversation around the office yesterday to mm-hmm. be, are there too many characters in this Smash? Um, I think that, that we're looking at, what, 67 characters now, uh, and plus the Echo
3: characters? That's yeah. like mm-hmm. 70 through 70? 70, I I, I'm terrible at math, characters? so yeah. I couldn't tell you. I had the math, that we have all the characters on our wiki. Yeah, I was looking the at that. Stages. Yeah, I think it was like 70-something.
1: Hey, who had uh, five minutes and 40 seconds before Brendan mentioned the wiki? Did anybody you know, show of hands? <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I mean, I, I kind of defer to the two of you because you're obviously the, the biggest Smash players in the office. Brendan, you were talking before we started here about your, your whole next year is basically going to be Smash Brothers. <sighs> so, uh, I, you know, I've sort of notoriously said that I'm a Fairweather Smash fan. So I, I put the question to you guys. Do you feel like 67 to 80 characters is just too many damn characters for Smash?
3: Personally, I don't think so. I know there are people who who will play. Like, I, I like Mario. I play as Mario. I played mm-hmm. as Mario last game, the game before that. I'm going to still play as Mario. And they're not going to play anybody else. Who are you playing? Unless as? for me? Yeah. Link. Okay, cool. Got it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, I think variety is a spice of life. And, like, I think.
0: <laughs> not for Smash players. <laughs> yeah. For some Smash Would players. Did you read like, that well, on a yeah.
3: poster or what? I mean, that's uh, actually, a... I have a little plaque on my wall uh-huh. that says you that. Know, um,
0: speaking
2: of variety did you guys hear about the um smash tournament at evo
3: yes yeah that's
2: i mean the I, I, don't really, spice of I don't really yeah, get it, into it i don't really want to get into it because
1: i don't really want to get into it because i i, I do think it was a, a bit petty on both sides yeah you know true. i think that that mm-hmm. the four of those players all choosing the same character and then doing things like murder suiciding themselves to mm-hmm. to kind of keep the game going like it was obviously four friends having fun yeah but There's also like a spectacle and and an amount of respect that's supposed Mm -hmm. to happen at those tournaments, and and it was, you know, I know Japanese players were super pissed to watch that tournament, Mm but
3: um,
2: yeah, I mean, let's. There were also a bunch of teenagers. That's true too. Yeah, let's let's talk about
1: New Smash.
0: Yeah,
3: back to what you said on the characters, though. I do think that having that amount of people and having a character that you grew up playing. And having them come back, mm. so if someone who likes Snake, mm-hmm. like, hey, Snake is back, I can still check out all these characters, but I, at least I have my favorite, the one that I know the best, yeah. Or these new characters that I can try out too. And I think that like it also promotes longevity because like if you're just doing like, whatever single player they have, or they'll throw like all star mode, there's so many different characters to fight against. Your battles will always be different. Like, like oh, it's Ban again. Have to watch out for that, you know, side dash move. Like, oh, this time it's King K. Rool and Banetta and Captain Falcon. like There's so much variety now. Yeah.
0: I have I mean, I've always thought about Smash Brothers as sort of like a menu, and it's got a lot of things on it, but there's also some people that are only, they only want like chicken and white rice. <laughs> and they're like, give me the beige food, and that's it. Like, mm. it's weird. That this 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 game will have like a hundred something stages in it, and most pro players will just play on Final Destination. That said, I hope that the way the game unfolds, like when you buy it, you unwrap it, and you put the cart in, or however you're playing it, download it. Uh, it starts saying to you, like, play 10 matches as x character to unlock this to unlock that like it actually if it starts funneling you through different scenarios to nudge you to play stuff outside of your comfort zone i think that'll be really cool because i mean we, we've seen that it, it's, it feels like the philosophy behind this game is To cater to pro players, but also to make something that's really fun for everybody. Mm -hmm. I personally love playing with items on. I love playing on every stage. I love playing everywhere. My philosophy with Smash has always been the more chaotic it can be, the better. Same. That's Um, what I'm here for. So
1: I love that it's, you know, eight players on every map. I love that there's these all these outrageous like they really dug into the customization this Mm -hmm. time around. Mm -hmm. And so I tend to agree that that I don't think that there are too many characters. Right. But like, not unlike Brendan, I feel like I'm always going to play as Toon Link. I'm um, mm-hmm. Toon Link till the day I die. So it yeah. doesn't matter to me. When I
2: when I am serious, I'm going to play as Pikachu every right. time. Right. And honestly, having this many characters is going to make the random. Select very intimidating right. for me, right? <laughs> because uh, to get good at every character, I mean that is just a huge undertaking. It's also yeah. cool that Some they people will do new
3: Mode the uh, um, the kind of iron, like was it with Smashdown?
2: Brendan, don't
3: jump ahead.
2: Oh, we got to talk about and we got to talk about back. stages about first. unlocking. Yeah, speaking of s- stages, they said that all of the stages are automatically unlocked. Yeah, all uh, uh, unlockable hundred. Mm. How many stages? There's a hundred and three stages, but there's so
1: many different permutations to all of them. So yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about the the stages that they show off. So, new stages include uh, Dracula's Castle, Pokemon Stadium, Garden of Hope, Brinstar Depths, uh, Summit, uh, Unova Pokemon League, Magicant, Gamer, Final <laughs> Destination, and New Donk City Hall, which, god Damn it! they played that stupid song again, Jump <laughs> Up Superstar, just when I thought Jump Up Superstar was over. Man, I, I what, know that I'm going to get you hate for did that. Did you see the mechanic that they use in that stage, Well, see, the though? thing about Jump Up Superstar is that E3 2017, our booth was across from Nintendo's, oh, and they played Jump yeah, Up Superstar right. on right. loop all day yep. for four days straight. Right, right, um, right. Regardless, that level looks very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they did make a point to say that, that all the stages, the older stages, were enhanced and rebalanced, which I think is really cool. Obviously, when you introduce all these new characters and new gameplay mechanics, like you're going to have to change the way a level is spaced out and feels to adapt to those character changes.
2: But the 64 stages, they said they're going to try and keep as close to the original as possible to keep up that nostalgia factor. Interesting. Mm-hmm.
3: And there's also, I mean, like, there's so many things that are, are there that it's almost worth talking about what's not there. Poke floats. Uh, Poke floats. uh, The moving stages from uh, Icicle Mountain and Donkey Kong had uh, one that kind of moved up. And I can see why they didn't bring those back because those were balanced for fast-moving characters that could constantly keep up. Well, you have, like, Little Mac. He can't jump yeah. that fast yeah so like i can see why some of these movies they just didn't make the cut sure and i'm kind of happy yeah. with
0: that mm-hmm. yeah i am too
2: they were very unpopular <laughs>
0: yeah um i'm kind of torn on them all being unlocked from the start yeah I you am too. the I- stages themselves yeah. Yeah. yeah why i guess i i don't i, I love unlocking stuff in smash brothers and yeah. more so than just trophies and more so than just sort of like you know uh, t- different t- title screens and stuff like that i want to i want to be able to unlock characters, Mm -hmm. stages, everything. I want that game to start slim and then unfold. And I know a lot of people are indifferent on that. Like, personally, uh, when Mario Kart 8 came to Switch and everything was just there to begin with, a lot of people were really happy about that because they're like, I already unlocked those on Wii U. But I was like, for people who buy this game for the first time now, um, there's really not a lot... like to unlock incentive yeah. right yeah. so I be, think that there the, need to be
2: goals yeah in a mm-hmm. game and there must goals, be though right yeah. like
3: there must be that kind of stuff that they might coming. bring back like custom moves mm-hmm. that was unlockable yeah. um soundtracks I don't know if all the levels will have all the soundtracks already but that was a cool feeling to have and like brawl like like oh cool here's a new song I unlocked and it sounds awesome I want to play this immediately mm-hmm. yep. yeah so I, I did want to talk about that as well uh more than 900 tracks.
2: I know that's crazy. I put
3: I put in my notes here in
1: all caps. Jesus. <laughs> because that's a lot of tracks. 28 um, 28 hours, hours altogether. Uh, there's 34 tracks the remixed just from mm. Castlevania alone, which
0: I think is so incredible. I wonder and, I wonder what per percentage of like the file size of the download is Yeah, just, just tracks. Music. It feels yeah. like a lot. We yeah, need to nuts. make
2: a pie chart of uh, the percentage of music tracks from each different
1: franchise.
3: Mm-hmm. Ooh. Up. There's a couple of <laughs> tracks they've already put on the blog site that you can listen to now that we've been covering in our weekly smash conversations. And they're really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they have some like amazing guest composers. Okay. Like they bring back the one of the composers from Metal Gear Solid to do a, uh, a redone version of Snake Eater. Mm-hmm. But Ooh. it's like a really fast paced okay. like electric guitar version and it just sounds amazing and like if that's just a sample i want to see everything mm-hmm. i'm so excited yeah I, i'm totally I'm down. sure
2: they're going to include classic versions and like new versions and mm-hmm. metal versions and i'm i'm excited to hear regardless
1: of what they include we'll be able to hear all of them in their entirety anytime we want because one of the things that they introduced in this uh direct which i thought was crazy is the ability to listen to those those hot jams, any old time you want from your Switch, as though it just turns your Switch into a giant iPod, basically. Just grab your favorite
0: pair of wired headphones, (laughs) directly plug them into your Switch,
3: and just hope that they add Bluetooth I can't think of
1: a more (laughs) convenient way to listen to your favorite video (gasps) game music.
3: Uh, Here's what I'm going to do. What? I'm going to get my Switch, bring it to the car with me, Mm -hmm. plug in the audio cable to my car, and go on a road trip, with 28 hours of smash music, How I would love to really? get in an Uber How? car and say, hey, I got 37 minutes of uh, Castlevania for you. Look, that's, I, that's I, so I, think awesome. you're, I think you're a nice
1: dude, and I hate to feed the comment trolls here, but um, 28 hours of smash music is the dumbest reason to go on a road trip.
0: <laughs> 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 <Love them. laughs> Nintendo Voice Chat is sponsored by Gamefly, the best way to buy and rent your favorite games. Gamefly.com gives you access to 9,000 titles which are mailed directly to your door. For one monthly fee, you can play the latest and greatest games for as long as you want with no late fees or due dates. Ever. When you get tired of a game, all you have to do is mail it back and they'll send you the next title on your list. That means you can get Mario Odyssey, collect all 999 Power Moons, visit Peach in Every Kingdom, and place an impossible to find Luigi Balloon before swapping games. It is awesome! And now Gamefly is offering movie rentals as well! Today, every Nintendo Voice Chat listener gets access to a free premium 30-day trial by going to GameFly.com slash Voice Chat. That premium trial lets you rent two titles at the same time, and you get it by going to GameFly.com slash V-O-I-C-E-C-H-A-T slash Voice Chat. Check it out.
2: So how long do you think (laughs) the Switch will last in sleep mode while playing that music? We got to uh, test. Well, the fact you not
1: the fact that you're not burning the screen, uh mm-hmm. I, I assume, I mean, it, I I would assume that the screen just locks, right? Mm-hmm. Um I bet you you could get a lot of of hot jams out of the switch before the battery dies. You could probably make it through half that library.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> hmm? No, uh, we'll we'll see. Good. I don't know. I I think like best test with gameplay is like 6 hours with, not with smash, of course, I think you're gonna burn through that faster, but with like some kind of minimalist indie games. it's usually goes about six hours, but we'll see this yeah. is this is all new.
2: Have you learned that by sitting on your couch playing the same game for six yes. hours straight?
3: Absolutely. Yeah. When you have a baby, you can do that kind of thing. You can do that. I have yeah. a quick question. Do you think other games had this feature?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I
1: don't,
0: I don't see why not. I don't think most games need twenty eight hours of music. No, well, <laughs> yeah, that much.
2: I think Smash is really special because it has some of the best, most iconic music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that so many people well, know and
1: love. It's such an incredible collection of music across so many different games. Mm-hmm. Like they showed that there's one screenshot in the direct that shows. All of the tracks from Zelda across all the different Zelda games rearranged specifically for Smash. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool to be able to mix and match that playlist and be like, okay, I want to hear this from Skyward Sword and I want to hear this from Twilight Princess and this from Minish Cap. and then, But just put
0: them all into one mm-hmm. playlist for me. I think that's really cool. Uh, you, I'm going to catch hell for this, but one of... <laughs> I love... Hey. It's okay. You're, <laughs> Here we go. you're amongst Here we go. friends. <laughs> Maybe you'll back me up on this. But I, uh, I love every single thing about the way Smash Brothers comes together. Um, I'm not crazy about actually sitting down and playing it. I think it's a fun party game, but playing it in single player at home is it's enjoyable, but it's like for all of these things to come together for this is, uh, like it's, not my favorite aspect of it, mm. but I love the museum side of it. I love the trophies. I love the um like just the collecting and the unlocking, just the fanfare, like look geeking out in the background. Like I actually love going through all the little trophies in the game and reading oh, yeah. reading all about them. If you
2: you know, the only Smash I've actually kind of played through by myself the whole most of the time was sixty four. Yeah. All of the oh, other really? games, I would have someone next to me and we'd hand off the controller mm. and like do everything oh, even I, I played a like, ton
0: of melee yeah, i was gonna yeah. say even with like subspace emissary yeah, or, yeah. so so I mean, that's, that's the simple. thing um and i'm sure we'll get to it but like that's i i really want a a, a sort of like a, a single player thing here that funnels me into that situation yeah was it was it on the wii version where uh you could unlock trophies just going through the single player campaign you like you'd, you'd find like, them on the floor and yeah. pick them up yeah um, yeah mm-hmm.
3: they had that kind of and all yeah adventure mode for for melee yep you'd find them on the ground too I love that yeah, yeah.
0: and I, I like the capsule toy machine all
3: that stuff um, and then brawl they had CDs would fall out yeah mm-hmm. in
0: terms of like playing on a pro level and like you know like mastering the hitboxes and every character like it's 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 really it ends up being just a very highly technical fighting game even though it is a party game um, so for me that's actually like my least favorite part. Is yeah. playing Smash, I, I think but I and love and I, everything else in it, so yeah. I buy it every time.
1: I think you and I have kind of gone on record on this show. Uh, you know, I said it earlier, but we're, we're sort of fair weather Smash fans. I love totally. playing Smash here in the office when mm-hmm. we hook it up to the projector in the demo can't room, and like, especially with eight player Smash, like, oh, it's so fun. Yeah. Uh, so, so that'll be really cool, but I can't really see myself like sinking a bunch of solo time into it, mm-hmm. um, and that's fine. But mm-hmm. before we before we uh, get too deep into one thing, I, I did want to bring up one more thing about stages, and that's the ability that uh, stages morph in this game, which mm-hmm. I think is really really cool. You can select two separate stages, and then throughout the course of the battle, those stages will shift in between each other. Like w- we can see it right here as the, the stages shift. Uh, if you're watching the, the video version, so so cool, and mm-hmm. it, it makes for so many more stage combinations.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I remember like this is this is like way old school, but like I think it was Mortal Kombat Two was one of the first fighting games I saw that did this, where you would uppercut somebody oh, yeah. just hit them into the ground and you'd fall into a stage beneath the stage and there'd be spikes there. Yeah. Um, most recently I talked about this last, last week with overcooked 2 You're in a hot air balloon right. and it crashes and you land in a sushi restaurant. Like I love stuff like that. Mm-hmm. This is an incredibly chaotic game, uh, which I feel like they somehow keep figuring out ways to be get more and more chaotic, oh, yeah. which is awesome.
1: Yeah. I think that, that, uh, the eight player the eight player smash combined with the visual fidelity combined with all the items and all the assist trophies and everything like it might blister your eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> like I, it might be something that is really, really hard to track. I remember watching playing the Nintendo 64 version and, and feeling like I can't Keep track of where my character is all the time, and that's something that concerns
0: me, but also something that I, I'm I really love I about know, this. Version. You got to sit close yeah. to
2: the TV screen. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is that
1: it? You just got to be right. You have up to against sit on the floor. I mean, you have
0: eight players. You have morphing stages. You have these insane items that are coming in from everywhere. You have assist trophies, which effectively sometimes adds like two or three even more chaotic characters onto the screen. I know for um,
3: 3DS they had to have those outlines. Yeah, yeah the the black outlines. Yeah. Yep. So I wonder if that's for handheld. I don't know. Um, I don't know one maybe. more thing
1: that I want to talk about with this uh, this direct was the the blurred mode, the so called blurred mode. Right. Mm. Like we saw a, a title screen, like a home screen, that has one mode that was totally blurred out, and uh, there's a lot of speculation going on around like what that mode could be. Obviously, like my choice, my personal preference. I think it's probably a story mode, yeah. mm-hmm. um, to some extent, or like a boss rush mode, which I think could be really cool. What do you guys think about? Yeah, you go first, uh, first, Brendan? You want to first? <laughs> yeah, you right, go first? Yeah. Why don't you guys Rochambeau over? We got plenty of time. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Just talk, man. <laughs> She's uh, Louise. So
3: Tom and I talked about this yesterday in a conversation where we looked at like the history of the Smash menus and noticed that. <laughs> History of the Smash menus. I, like no, I,
2: yeah. I did the same thing. I, I went and looked up old Smash menus. This and is Brendan Graber them.
3: from our Wikis team, obviously. Go ahead. Uh, so, what we noticed is that, that in Ken all. Ken Burns presents. <laughs> in the earlier ones, there was always that Games and More section that went off to single player. And multiplayer modes. Yes. And that's where Subspace Emissary was. It wasn't the single-player modes. So that's probably not where we're going to see the adventure mode. Mm -hmm. The green icon in 3DS and Wii U was the Smash Run or the Smash Party mode. Okay. That was the green icon. So whatever it is, I think it's going to be that exclusive party-based mode that will be set aside from the regular Smashing tactics. Whether that's kind of like everyone does something crazy, whether it's how you unlock everybody, um, there's – yeah – Whatever it is, it's not going to be single player. Right.
1: Hmm. Casey, what do you think?
2: So, someone, I don't, I can't recall who, but someone unblurred the block. <gasps> I know. Saboteur. It's scandalous. Mm-hmm. But they unblurred the block. And according to those people, they said that it says spirits.
0: Yes, I read that as well. Whoa.
2: And it feel like it makes a lot of sense because so, so far we've seen Luigi die, <laughs> um, <laughs> quotes, Mario, Mega peace. Man, King Day Today. They've all become spirits because that's Ooh. what happens when you die, right? Yeah. Like according to Smash. Um, <laughs> but all of those cutscenes are these characters turning into spirits. So I'm right. wondering if that has some sort of connection.
0: Yeah. So what they did was I think they theorized that that's what it was and they typed the word spirits and then blurred it again. But in the actual blurred image from the direct – this sounds like I'm talking about like the Bigfoot footage at this point. Um, <laughs> what, it's uh, you actually see what looks like an S and then a, like a lowercase P. Um, so I'm mm. with you on this theory. I totally agree. I Think it would be awesome. I just want it to be single player. I don't care what you call it. You I, can want, call it I want Ghost Boys or Spirits.
3: I will
1: no. Spirits. Scene Spirit scene starts with player. SP. Single player also SP.
3: Mm-hmm. Ooh, might what be if awesome that player. mode was how you unlock all the characters by finding their spirits ah. in this giant? Castlevania Labyrinth.
2: That'd be so cool! Brennan's
1: headcanon is just out of control today. I, I really that. like it a lot. I love now, it. uh... Yes, Smash was the hottest topic for Nintendo this week, obviously from the Direct, but there was a lot we of other Nintendo news. We need talk about news. the
2: Assist Trophies.
1: Right, we can come back to the Assist Trophies, or we can cover the Assist Rath-Los Trophies. Rathalos
2: is an Assist Trophy, and he's also a boss. And, and Shovel Knight. His ev- his yeah,
1: <laughs> I was very excited to see Shovel Knight and mm-hmm. Gray Fox.
2: And his animation is really cool and super true to Monster Hunter, and they play his original theme song from Monster Hunter 1 when he comes in, not the song that plays when you fight him in Monster Hunter World, All right, and the background that they introduce him in is from monster hunter for you the ancient step I'm excited about are you Los. are you
1: a monster hunter fan
0: mm-hmm. no uh, I hate oh, monster okay. hunter
2: also <laughs> um, Mimi Q does his Z move which is let's snuggle forever And that's all I wanted. That's what I wanted to talk
0: about. Let's snuggle forever. Adorable.
2: Yeah. Mimi's great.
1: We got a couple couple of (laughs) quick stories we got to burn through here. So first of all, Casey, uh, despite that monologue, thank you very much. um, (laughs) I want to give you an opportunity for another one to tell us a little bit about the uh, Pokemon Go Let's Go trailer that dropped. Um, Specifically came out today. (laughs) If you're watching on... It came out today. If you're watching on YouTube, it came out yesterday. Mm -hmm. Time travel. Casey, tell us about this trailer.
2: So um, oddly enough, so the English trailers that we get are usually kind of a little bit different from the Japanese trailers. Mm -hmm. So they show slightly different things. But the biggest news here is that Mega Evolution is returning to Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. I know they also showcase Team Rocket, but we already saw them last month. Yeah. So...
3: But I like seeing them again.
2: Yeah, I liked, I liked it. I just Rock like it. seeing
3: James with the rose in his mouth like he throws a Pokeball. Yeah. but it's
2: also, their expressions are wonderful.
3: It's
1: again. also an interesting <laughs> twist, right? Because the, these are ostensibly remakes of Yellow. Blue and Red, and there there weren't mega evolutions back in those times. Mm-hmm. So they're, I like that they're mixing. It's like a blend of the old yeah. and the new. Um, and then they, they introduced 15 Kanto Pokemon re-trademarked in Japan. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so
2: a few days ago, uh, some people noticed that 15 Pokemon were trademarked again in uh, Japan, as Zach just said. And the last time that the Pokemon company did that, those Pokemon ended up having Mega Evolutions. And that's really cool, and this makes a lot of sense, because included in that list is uh, the Eevee Evolutions, Team Rocket's Pokemon, uh, Weezine, uh, Arbok, and Persian, and then also Raichu. So it makes a lot of sense for those Pokemon in particular to get mega evolutions because they're so important to Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. And they've also been showing a lot of animations of uh, Pokemon walking behind their trainer. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I know. One- <laughs>
1: Put the internet in uproar to see a uh, uh, bo- uh, not Venusaur. Venusaur walking behind your trainer because he has these little frog legs. Yes, yeah,
2: <laughs> it's really cute and kind of really ridiculous. Actually, I think my first, the first thing I said when I saw it was, "I hate this."
1: <laughs> oh, see, I liked it. I kind of always imagined him walking that
0: way. <laughs> Have we never really? seen his legs before. I
1: mean, no, we've seen those at chunky him. boys, look at but it. yeah, look at mur- him. Mur- I love that. Like mur- that. Mur- mur- this- He's like mur- a, mur- a frog bear. Yeah, he looks like a frog. It's fine. So. I ask for questions for them for this show every week, and uh, a lot of questions that we got this week, I sort of ironically um, were about Ubisoft Steep. And it turns out, uh, we got a statement on Steep for after a long uh, silence, uh, that Steep has actually been canceled. Mm-hmm. So the Steep oh. official Steep account tweeted out, um, we are wholly dedicated to supporting the live game and made the decision to stop Steep development on the Nintendo Switch platform to focus on bringing new live content and challenges to Steep players and said, we'll have more exciting news to share soon. Mm, um, wow. So for those of you that were looking to get so shreddy um, on your Nintendo <laughs> Switch, it looks like that's probably not going to happen, at least not with Steep. Right. Um, we're looking at... Uh, the, the uh, probably the PlayStation 4 version here in a, an old trailer, but uh, I did want to let people know Steep is no longer for the Nintendo Switch, but Ubisoft has a, a sort of make good coming for us in the form of Child of Light and Valiant
0: Hearts coming to Switch on October 11th. Right, the and two November first UbiArt games. That's right. Are really gorgeous, yeah. really fun. Um, Steep's an interesting cancelization because this is the first... Uh, I think believe this is the first game from that entire sort of original presentation of what the Nintendo Switch was Mm -hmm. uh, where they got everybody together um, that that has been straight up canceled. I guess um, the
3: cost of development was too high at an angle. Don't
0: do it. Don't say the word. Don't say it. Don't, don't, uh, don't you dare. Yeah. Uh, uh, but almost everything else in that has been released outside of stuff like Travis Strikes Again, mm-hmm. and, um, maybe a couple other ones. But I mean, when we, you think of that video where we saw like Karen bringing the Switch to the rooftop and everything, like NBA came out, Skyrim came out, Breath of the Wild came out. We actually ended up doing all the weird things in that commercial, even the Karen thing I've seen people do. Uh, so Steep is, uh, you know, pour a little poor little liquor out for steve <laughs> or buy it on the other consoles they said they're committed to uh basically keeping that platform yeah. going elsewhere I if think you're still the,
1: playing the steve. story is that their their development teams are, are focused on creating new content for uh the other console versions and not necessarily dedicating their time to, to yeah. switch because it would
3: stagnate if they had to focus all their development resources on making an Port of a game. You yeah. never know. Yeah. So you know, what yeah. needs to
0: happen. Now we need to fast track a port of Snowboard Kids. Ooh, because there there needs to be snowboarding on so uh, yeah. Switch.
2: I mean, you can just take your Switch snowboarding with you. Go on it's a
1: little. seems of- so dangerous, Casey.
0: <laughs> what a terrible idea! Don't do that at home. I think I would break my legs doing that without the Switch, let alone with. Check out this
1: transition. So <laughs> there's a lot of crossover happening in Super Smash Brothers. But wait, what about? Wait, that wasn't
0: the transition
1: at but all. But what about the crossover? <laughs> in, what about the crossover of Metroid in Donkey Kong? Uh, tropical Freeze. That's exactly like
0: snowboarding. So smooth. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, so Shane Marches uh, has discovered the uh, that there are Metroid hidden in the background. It's it's kind of hard to see here. Mm-hmm. But uh, in Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, in the uh, Miss Abyss level, you can, you have to do all this like rigmarole. Swim backwards and get injured at a certain point and blah mm-hmm. blah blah. And then lo and behold, you can see a Metroid hanging out in the background. I thought this was a nice little a Easter egg. I can see why, why it was so up. hard
3: to find. Like you had to like Go back through a barrier that hurts you. So, yeah. Why would you ever want to go back in a level and wait in front of an area?
2: So, I, so I just, did like, someone organically figure this out, or I did believe someone so. Yeah. So,
3: so <laughs> it's been rumored that there was uh,
1: multiple Metroid Easter eggs, and people have been looking because this is on the Switch version and the Wii U version, and nobody had found it until uh, our friend Shane. And uh, it it just turns out that that our buds over at Retro are still thinking about Metroid, mm-hmm. still hiding it in the background. It makes sense.
3: Games. And and the original Dunk Kong Returns uh, for the Wii, there was. Uh, Samus's gunship was in the back of a level. Right, yeah, that was a crazy rig. So it made sense that there was one hiding somewhere in this game.
0: Yep, and in general,
3: it was easier
0: to keep a secret on the Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> put it on switch a lot more people will find it um, sure. but this is really interesting because it's like it's such a highly specific set of criteria to like find this organically like you said I mean you have to swim through this electric barrier and get hurt and then kind of chill out for a second and a lone metroid floats up and disappears and I saw that the person who put it there uh, was was kind of like you found it I didn't yeah. think you ever would or anyone ever would but
1: there it is it's out there what's now, your so. prize for all these hours of uh, trial and error uh, one tiny metroid one tiny metroid mm-hmm. Where, um Another, uh, another bit of news here that I want to talk about, uh, Persona Q2 announced uh, for the 3DS. Uh, that's Persona Q2, New Cinema Labyrinth, um, an Etrian Odyssey-like dungeon crawler that consists of the cast of Persona 3, 4, and 5, um, November 29th, 2018 in Japan, although a Western release has not been announced. Did you guys play Persona Q?
2: I have not. Andrew um, just told me about it, though, and it sounds really cool. It's a really fun to, dungeon crawler. Screen.
3: Yeah, I can almost hear Andrew squealing right
1: now. I mean, yeah, yeah uh, you'll notice that I said Andrew Goldfarb made us include this news. So, <laughs> uh, No, I, I liked the original Persona Q. I, I'm excited that, it, that it's getting a sequel and it has the cast from uh, 5 in there. It should be
2: should be a lot of fun. The thing that made me interested the most is that as you're going through the dungeon, you actually have to take notes on the DS's touchscreen screen on your physical map. That's right. Which is really cool.
3: That's really nice. I like that.
1: Uh, One last news story here, and this is sort of news of the weird that I wanted to cover off, but uh, some kids shot a copy of Earthbound into space. Did you know that? Did yep. you hear about this? Good. What? Yeah, so our friends over at Nintendo Life are reporting about this, and uh, the basically what the deal is, is Ronnie Doyle, a member of Earth to Sky Calculus, which is a group of kid scientists uh, studying the stratosphere, got to shoot an item of his choosing into space. He chose his prized possession, a copy of Earthbound on the SNES. You can see it here. They're basically just launching this old cartridge right up into the stratosphere, and um, it went up 100,000 feet. Brian, can you imagine that high? Is that space? Yeah. One it's day it's going to come back down Close and enough. hit someone in the head. No, it actually it it landed gently, and now people are bidding on it uh, because it's such a limited edition cartridge. Did They uh, hope that
3: like an alien would find it, and you go like, oh, I'll remake this game if Nintendo won't put it on the Switch. Yes, we'll alien.
1: do it. Uh, yes, Brandon. They they hoped an alien would find it.
3: Yeah, that's what I would do.
1: Make
2: all thought, of our dreams come true.
0: I thought space was like more feet away.
2: <laughs> <laughs> more
1: feet away than it than one hundred thousand doesn't feel like one hundred thousand
3: one feet. Okay, there we go.
1: <laughs> uh, we're talking about a lot of releases, uh, a lot of new games. Uh, our friend Mike. Smurda over on the uh, Facebook group asks, talk about flipping death. I am debating buying it. Well, lucky for Mike, we have a review from Cam Shea over in our Australian office that we're going to toss to now. Uh, we're going to excuse Brendan, and when he comes back, we're bringing on Brandon Tyrell to talk about Dead sales. so stick around.
5: <laughs> Holy crap! A ghost! Welcome to the land of the dead. <laughs> Cute. What happens when Death goes on vacation? Well, in Flipping Death, he mistakenly leaves the job to the recently deceased Penny, who learns she can help restless spirits by jumping between the lands of the dead and the living. It's a cool premise and executed very much like a spiritual successor to classic LucasArts point-and-click adventure games. Flipping Death's vibrant presentation, quirky characters, and fun plot ensured I was in for the whole ride.
2: This is actually really dangerous! Oh, 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 oh.
5: Apparently over here is the best place to be! Like Zoink Games' previous work, Stick It to the Man, Flipping Death has a similar emphasis on getting inside characters' heads and solving scenarios using suitably bizarre lines of logic. But this time around, you're physically possessing them to do it. Need something poked? There's a guy for that. There's nothing more evil than poking things. Need to open a can of paint? Maybe that drill-wielding dentist can help. Want to crap on the heads of every character just for the fun of it? Take over the seagull. It's a fun take on the traditional inventory and interaction systems. Characters who can be possessed, be they human, mermaid or cat, appear as highlighted silhouettes in the murky, mysterious world of the dead, but once you take control of them, the entire map flips to a mirror version of itself, revealing quaint streets, ramshackle buildings and colourful characters. It's a cool transition, and there are some big differences between the two sides. Houses and cars come to hideous life when you enter the death world, and new platforms and paths become available. Penny, meanwhile, can use her reaper's scythe like a grappling hook to leap around in Death World, but is bound to the movement abilities of her hosts in life. It's interesting to use these two modes of movement together to solve puzzles. Flipping Death is built around solving the zany problems its characters throw at you.
3: Oh blimey, there's the dead body I keep in my freezer.
5: God, I should really find a better place for him. These are generally quite surreal, but I was never really frustrated because a small amount of trial and error always got me to the correct solution. I actually found the main obstacles to completing puzzles were mechanical in nature. The platforming feels a little sluggish, while finicky positioning occasionally left me wondering whether I was doing the right thing or not. Thankfully, there's an image-based hint system if you want to nudge in the right direction. The puzzles are creative and fun, but they're largely an excuse for flipping death's comedic sensibility. One highlight is the hilarious interactive flashback to History Times, which serves to provide backstory and introduce ye oldie versions of many of the characters. Hey Officer! Forsooth, you shame from olden times, your strange accent has confused me. I also loved hearing Penny strike up a conversation with each character she's spirit jumps into. Some think she's their conscience, another god, an old woman creeping dementia.
4: Oh gracious, now I'm hearing voices.
5: One particularly lonely crab was simply stoked to have some company. Penny herself is a likeable lead, who has a lot of fun with the bizarre predicament she finds herself in.
2: I'm just dressed up as Death, which is absolutely the most goth thing ever.
5: And her broader story anchors Flipping Death. It's pure absurdity, but nonetheless has some heart. It also helps to have a relatable character in amongst the chainsaw-obsessed mermaids, British serial killers, and, my personal favourite, police officers who become elite hackers in their sleep. A little more variety wouldn't have gone astray. Most of the chapters in Flipping Death are set across the same basic map with a handful of changes to keep things interesting. But ultimately it's the characters who drive the experience and the overall visual design is great. This pop-up picture book fever dream world really is gorgeous. If you like your games with an offbeat sense of humor and plenty of personality, Flipping Death comes recommended. Its central hook of flipping between life and death makes for an interesting world to navigate and puzzles to solve, and its characters are so oddball and endearing, you'll want to hear every conversation in full, not to mention find out how it all ends.
4: This ends now, Dr. Laser. Curses!
5: For more from Zoink Games, check out the first 10 minutes of Flipping Death and the announcement trailer for Ghost Giant. One thing I didn't account for was an afterlife full of ghosts
0: who could possess the living and use their bodies to solve
2: problems.
4: To be fair, people do rarely. Very- the We're back! And look who's with us. Hi. It's Hello. Brandon It's Brandon Tyrell, our you? friend
1: and yours. Now, Brandon, you've taken over the review of a little game that, uh, you know, not a lot of people have discussed lately. <laughs> mm hmm. Mm hmm. It's Dead Cells. Dead yeah. Cells. Dead have you, Cells. Have you heard uh, of it? Yeah, Yo, yeah, well, I've heard of it. All right. Hey, Brandon, uh, you've been playing this game like crazy. I know that you've been playing this game like yes. crazy. I've been playing this game like crazy. Yep. Casey played this game like crazy for about 20 minutes before <laughs> hey, we came I in I actually here.
2: played for a whole hour and 15 minutes because I didn't want to do anything else. I'm so after. proud of you.
1: It is like That's mild crazy. crazy. I'll tell you what. Hey. This game is outstanding. So good. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, just to get right into it. Yeah. Uh, Let's do it. As a 2D metroidvania which i say in air quotes because it it's not quite a metroidvania but it's obviously borrowing a lot of uh, uh ideas from that sort of genre yeah it is probably the most fun fast fluid frenetic frenetic frenzied how many how many more can we do let's keep this
4: alliteration Furious, funky. Up.
2: i mean my first f word was i shouldn't say
4: so. yeah friendship <laughs> I was warned about F bombs coming out here and we just got them all out of the way. Yeah, <laughs> we did it. Uh no, this game rules and uh I want you it's to talk so to me a good. little bit about it's uh so your good. experience playing How through did this you game beat because
1: it? you just beat it today.
4: I did, yeah. yeah. Uh I got a standing ovation from the office, so thank you guys. <sighs> I'm so We're always that.
1: throwing these like super brutal games at you. Yeah. Your first review was my Bloodborne. My first review here. Well, it yeah. was my
4: second one, but the first one was actually like Hey, grow- don't ruin the story. Okay? Anyway, uh, one, born, of my, right? one of my earliest reviews here was Bloodborne, yeah. And it was a very similar thing. It's just 80 hours Brutal, straight. Brutal, beautiful. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bodacious, <laughs> uh, bodega.
2: I heard you looked like death after that.
4: Yeah. My... Well, you
1: look better after playing Dead Cells. Thanks, so, man, uh, What is it about Dead Cells that has kept your, your, uh, you know, your look up, but has it also proven a challenge for you? Um,
4: fortunately, I played like 40 hours before I was assigned the re-review. So mm. I had a lot of that already under the hood done. Mm-hmm. Um, this time around, it's less sort of punishing. Dead Souls what it, what Dead Cells excels at and why it's so good is that it is bite sized chunks. Mm-hmm. Um, and that last boss is so brutal. Uh, not going to you know spoil anything for you, but um, you can opt to totally like there there. We were talking about this earlier. There were runs where I'm like, okay, I'm going to go for the final boss this time. And an right. hour and a half later, he just pulps me into the ground right. and with, like, unceremoniously murdered. Uh, and then I'm like, you know what? I don't think I want to do that again. Uh, I would rather just maybe go farm some cells or maybe go find some blueprints. Or there's a lot of smaller activities you can do rather than just, like, throw yourself at a brick wall over so and over. You know? the game... The mechanics
1: of it itself, like they feel so, so fluid and so yeah. fast yeah. that it really encourages two different styles of gameplay, which I think is really, really what makes this game interesting. Mm. And that's the idea that, um, Every run that you do, you can do an exploration-based run where you're running around, finding upgrades, yep. killing more enemies to gain more cells to upgrade mm-hmm. your your uh, long-term abilities. Um, you can find better weapons. You can do uh, Brandon. You got to raise your seat. These guys are telling me. You know, you can you can find these things that are upgrading you as you move through the game. Or if you opt, the other option is to just speedrun and, and get to where you last right. left off, right? So yeah. in the same way that in a Dark Souls game, you might get killed somewhere and mm. drop all your items, yeah. and you want to get back there to get your items. Like here, you're speedrunning to get... There's a couple of reasons, but but one is just to get back to where you left off. Right. And both of them have their pros and cons, both, both styles of play. And I think that the, the speedrun version is... Is amazing because you can run through the game and find doors that open based on speed. Sure, right, there, right? There time gates. Yeah, um, but the exploration based one is interesting because the more you build up the character, the stronger you get. You'll you'll fare better in battles, obviously. Mm-hmm. But there's this sense of <laughs> this overlaying sense of dread because the further you get into it, you're like, man. The more if I blow you're this, investing, yeah. if I blow this and this character dies, you start from zero, basically. Again, yeah. To be like.
0: to be clear, this is a procedurally generated game, and so every time you play it, the level layout will be different. But I know I've gone on record on the show before in saying I hate that in Metroidvania games. Yeah. Uh, but somehow it really works here because I think whatever systems are at play, creating these levels dynamically on the fly, are really smart and really fun, and also the character moves in this game is so blazing fast and moving around is so fun and fluid and quick that it's nice to jump in and get thrown these new levels and dig around them you also can go through this game in different paths Mm -hmm. so you don't have to go through the exact same levels every single time it branches off you might get to the last boss in the game differently than i do Uh, but to be clear when you die you effectively lose Everything. Well, asterisk. Yeah, you know. So what you do lose, uh, you lose the uh, the the cells weapons, that you gained. Your there items, are, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, your items. But um, you get starting weapons every time you start a new run, and by finding blueprints in the game that are dropped by different enemies or just found in the wild, you can basically add to the kind of Russian roulette of which items you'll start with. Mm -hmm. So eventually you'll have this massive army of items that you could start with. Some of them are amazing, some of them are bad, and if you jump in, you get some bad ones. Um, It's two button presses to basically jump in and start all over again. Or it'll get you sort of out of your comfort zone and go, okay, you know, I'm playing with a whip this time. That's different than I usually play. So it's going to be a little more slow. It encourages different play styles for sure. Casey, you you just started kind of getting your feet wet with this Mm -hmm.
1: game. Like, Give us your initial impressions in the hour and ten minutes that you spent with it
2: man so one of the first things one of the things that really drew me were the different loadouts that you could come up with or yeah. just Being like oh, yeah, randomly yeah. have yeah. um they you were, were so assigned
4: at some point yeah they were,
2: and they made my run through so different and made my strategy so different at one point i was running around with uh dual swords and a fleet freeze blast and the f- dual swords did more damage when enemies were frozen mm-hmm. so i just was it was great because I could jump down, freeze, and then kill them in one shot. Right. And in another run, I had the freeze blast, but then I had two different traps. So I could lay down my traps and freeze people, and it would just completely destroy everyone. Oh, I love that. Yeah. 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 I I, th- I, th- I think the combination
0: the- of sub-weapons and the sort of more mm-hmm. offensive stuff that you have in your hand, or offensive, not offensive. It's is yeah. a <laughs> disgusting. And the, the sword that curses at you. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's and a combination of those.
2: And when I first went in, I immediately was like, oh, like bow and arrow is way better than a shield. Like, I want to be offensive, but you can actually parry with the shield, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. I didn't know at first. I find
0: you mostly offensive. Yeah, yeah. that's
2: fine. I'm offensive to a lot of people.
1: (laughs)
0: No, I was watching Brandon play the other day, and like, he, you know, he he ends up using shields a lot more than I do. So you have people that can be sitting right next to you who play this game completely differently Mm -hmm. than you. Um, And you have those options on the fly. You are not married to the weapons you start with. You can find more in each run, you can upgrade them sort of
4: individually. Uh, The amount of stat. Boosting stuff mm-hmm. yeah. that you can put into it is crazy. So, there's a, there's a whole sub layer to actually which weapons you have. Like, you know, everyone was saying you can get a shield or a sword, but you can also get a sword that, you know, uh, covers enemies in oil. And then you can get a bow that when it hits an enemy, it bursts into flames mm-hmm. and put one and two together. An oil covered enemy burns, you know, hotter and more. So, to, uh, it does more damage. Yeah. There are all these small little sort of, I guess you'd call them like Diablo esque modifiers yep. on weapons. Yep. And so you can. Build an actual build. It's not just like I'm going with a sword and a bow. It is I have a build. This mm-hmm. complements this. This complements this, and it all synergizes together. Yeah. To the point where you can actually create a a, a tremendously powerful build just based on modifiers. Well, and yep. what's what's nice is like if you find a build that you love,
1: you can find a collector mm-hmm. in the course of the levels so that you can purchase those items again. Should he have that loadout with him right. on mm-hmm. those runs, and get back to that build relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. Or like Brian was saying earlier, you know, based on the the RNG essentially of what drops at the beginning of the game, you can challenge yourself to play in a totally different style. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's what makes this game so replayable. In like. Brian and I have talked about it on the show like I'm not a procedurally gener- generated dude like I've been excited for this game but then when yeah, I you're, heard uh, that <laughs> you're, you're pretty I'm bespoke kind of, yeah, yeah. Kind okay, of. uh, but when I heard that this game was you know sort of randomly generated it so, turned me off at first so I but, think right. that scares yeah. a
4: lot of people yeah. and to go back what Brian was saying where he was saying you lose everything asterisk mm-hmm. I think this is a tale of dead Cells is a tale of two games you have the meta game uh, which yes, is Dickens uh, my favorite. Uh, the Tale of Two games. Uh, you have the overarching matter game, which is you are unlocking blueprints. You are getting cells to unlock more blueprints. You're purchasing more items. You're upgrading your stuff so that when you die, you have more gold you can carry over. You have more you know, slugs off that health potion. Um, and the micro game, which is what happens from the moment you stand up to the moment you die. All of that stuff is erased, yeah. right? But you still maintain all of your progress that you put into this game. Right. So I want to talk
0: real quick about one of my favorite things about this game, which is something I didn't even know was part of it, is the sort of metagame of a specific item called the Hunter's Grenade. Mm-hmm. Um, so you find, yeah. Yeah, you find this item very early on, if you're lucky, uh, and it effectively turns this game into what Uh, some of my favorite kind of 2D GBA and DS Castlevania games did, which is that every enemy in this game has a blueprint set that unlocks an item. And to get that, you have to get this grenade, uh, which you find in the first area, eventually you unlock. And you can knock down an enemy to a certain amount of health, hit them with this grenade, it'll turn the grenade into sort of like a a vacuum. Yeah, yeah. an extractor, like a Ghostbuster You know, Luigi's Mansion, let's just keep it Nintendo-themed. Exactly, and then it'll turn that enemy into an elite version of that enemy, which effectively creates like a micro-boss fight right in front of you. And then you have to extract that blueprint from them, and then you take it to the end of the level where you can you know get to your safe space and heal and and level up and then that that item is yeah that item is stored forever so that's how you start getting blueprints in this game and so every enemy in this game has one mm-hmm. so you can just run through beat the bosses try to beat the game stuff like that or you can go hunting Yes. which is super cool. Mm-hmm. And it just makes it so like, I'm at a point now where I've cleared out every enemy in the first three areas in terms of blueprints. Mm-hmm. And I'm on like the fourth area. So I have to carry this it's blueprint. This is what we were talking and about. One yeah. of my sub items all the all way the through way to, this and game. Basically then then you yourself, yeah.
1: Yeah, And then you find yourself speed running to get to the yeah. end of that level because you're like, I have to get back to to this gentleman who we're seeing here in order to store that blueprint yep. or else it'll be gone
0: for. And on top of that, then, to add one more layer uh, to get this hunter's grenade. There's a door that you have to buy your way into or you can beat down the door, and if you do, you become cursed, and you have to kill thirty enemies without getting hit. Yep. Uh,
3: that,
2: so you're just that like happened to me, like my first yeah, and I was yeah, like, "Why am cruel. I cursed? What did I do? <laughs> yeah. I don't understand." And then the I
0: yeah, it's really, really <laughs> awesome. I
1: I love this game. I uh, I plan on spending a lot of time with it. It's one of my favorite games that's come out so far this yeah, year. I agree. Uh, so far, it's friggin' August. uh Casey, I, you've played an hour and a half. Yeah. Are you going to stick I mean, with it?
2: Yes, I'm yeah. going to get it. I'm was kind of iffy about it because I'm usually not that into 2D uh, side scrolling games, mm-hmm. to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, this really hooked me. I really like it a lot.
1: That's, uh, if, uh, you've sunk a ton of hours into yeah, it. I think you're going to see through to the end. Uh, Brandon, you just beat the game today. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, the game today. Yeah. We can look for your review tomorrow. tomorrow? It'll mm-hmm. be
4: up tomorrow, end of day. Okay.
1: Oh, so, last question
2: What loadout did you beat the game
4: with? Ooh, good question. I can't give away my secret. What? Come on. Uh, The loadout I (laughs) killed the final boss with. I was running a... No one's going to understand this, but I was running a tactics build 622-6 with two turrets and uh, a (laughs) frost... (laughs) I heard everyone in the controller. <laughs> I know, laugh. I heard it too. <laughs> uh, with, <laughs> Dork. with two turrets. No, I love it, please. Two turrets, a bleeding knife, and uh, I forget really? what it's called, but a uh, an ice crystal. Well, strictly weapon. tactics yeah. build, 622. And actually, uh, everything synergized together with yeah. fire. Now, but, we... That's
0: Dead Cells. If for some weird reason you haven't heard of that game this week. <laughs> No comment.
1: Uh, We like to play a little game here on uh, NVC called Question Block. That's not so much a game as it is answering people's questions.
4: (laughs) So uh, That can be a game.
1: Yeah. I figured we'd kick this off topically this week. Uh, Our friend Luke Baker from the uh, Facebook group asks, Is the D-pad a problem for dead cells on the Pro Controller? Are the frame rates on Switch bothersome enough to buy it elsewhere? Uh, I will say, um, short answer, yes and no. Uh, yes, the D-pad is an issue. Playing on the Pro Controller makes it much easier, but the D-pad mm-hmm. on the Switch itself is not very comfortable. It is so bad. Um,
4: I played it especially, for the first
1: time Yeah, especially for uh, high-level gameplay here, yeah. when you need to be really nuanced and, and fast. Mm-hmm. Not great. Um, I haven't had too many frame rate issues. I've seen some slowdown, but it hasn't really bothered me in terms of like the game itself. I
2: had a, weird, I had a few weird camera jumps. That's exactly yeah, that's
0: yeah, yeah, that's a weird yeah. one. There, yeah. it, it almost feels like somebody was trying to film you, and then you you move too quickly and they they kind of like snapped over to the right. A yeah. quick pan, if yeah, you will. Yeah, a quick pan. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, did a, uh, deep, I did a D-pad Joy-Con mod to my Nintendo Switch. Oh, that's cool. Serendipitously like two days before this game came out. Um, you can buy these shells on Amazon. If you've ever built like a model kit or any done any sort of like little amounts of tinkering with electronics like, like that, um, it is dangerous. And if you fry your, your thing, it's dead. And sorry, but um, you little tinker. (laughs) Uh, Just, you get the, a little tri wing screwdriver. The kit's like 20 bucks or something like that. And I have a D pad for my switch in portable mode. In the meantime, you don't have to like solder or anything. No, no soldering. It's just sort of, it's taking apart tiny little, tiny little screws, put them in a shot glass or something. Don't, Drink the whole time because you're going <laughs> to screw your thing up. I forgot. An empty shot glass that you didn't I won't be able to put this back together for
4: at least a day. <laughs> but yeah, Gross. look into that. Look into that.
0: Uh, On top of that, there's the Hori D-pad, which we talked about recently, but yeah. all uh, that eats at your battery, and we've been reading some weird issues about that in general. Yeah, so. right.
1: uh, next question. Uh, According to Jamie Hill, this is the best question. Uh, he (laughs) He says, I completely dropped off the gaming scene throughout high school and college, the 360 PS3 gen, and only played a few games during my childhood. I'm now a retro collector and consumed with the nostalgia for the 90s. I have this wish that I could exist for five to seven years with no new games, and I could just focus on my enormous backlog of retro games from every console. Have you, or have any of you ever felt this way, and what's the top of your shame list? Mine is every Metroid game. First of all, Jamie play a metroid game secondly mm. what are your games of shame what's a game that that people bring up to you that you've never
4: played and and you have to cop to it <laughs> i mean my list keeps growing but yeah. the ones that stand out right now are like the most recent ones mm. so uh never played shadow of the colossus and when that remake came out people were just giving me all kinds of mess about that mm-hmm. um still haven't played it I, there's a lot more, but let's cycle through. Okay. I, ne- I get never get the heat off me. I never
0: really got into the Halo games, and I love shooters and I love sci-fi stuff. I just—that's just...
1: that's crazy. That's what I was going to say. I've kind of infamously been—I've never played a Halo game, and uh, I started playing the Master Chief Collection. I got an Xbox a couple of weeks yep. ago, and I started. Pair actually told me to start with four. Yeah, and, and it's very Metroid-y Well, and I didn't listen to him, and I started with one, and it's that <laughs> game has like
0: I'm sure that Halo is great. Yeah. The game is very old. It feels very. I archaic, played one so. when it came out with yeah. with friends. Um, that's yeah. best and, way to play it. Yeah, exactly. And I play the single player stuff too. Um, it's just for some odd reason that's a blind spot. And I also, I have this problem with things and I'm sure people do with the same way with movies and books and TV shows. Mm-hmm. Once something has gone on too far, I feel like an idiot or I'm, I'm, I'm sort of like scared to come in too late. Yeah. So like, yeah. like, Halo's lore is so deep now that when I jump into the newest one, I'm like scared off. And so I just pretend it doesn't exist and hide. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know?
2: I
1: get that. Casey, what about you?
2: Uh, probably Demon Souls and Dark Souls.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, like, I, I just, feel like you'd be really into those games. Yeah, me too. That's that's, that's
2: why it's so weird. I feel like I would be too, and I just never got around to you it. Know, a lot of people
0: way. recommend those games to yeah. you. Yeah, did you play Bloodborne? I
2: played Bloodborne. Okay.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. But so you, yeah, you would totally. You would, actually, it took me a long time to get into the Souls games. My first real one was Bloodborne, mm-hmm. and then I kind of retroactively went back. And, well, yeah. I think that they've
1: from as a studio has designed their games more and more accessible mm-hmm. like yeah. with each iteration Sekiro looks to be like the most accessible of any of these games but I it also that. took yeah. bloodborne for for me to get into those
0: that mm-hmm. series do you play switch a lot yeah okay so you should i mean yeah, someday yeah. dark souls remaster we'll i know one of these this days switch. this uh,
1: summer
2: this year wait mm-hmm.
1: next like, next question <laughs> devin devin vias asks do you all agree that toad should be in smash 100 yes
2: yeah why isn't he He's been no. in Mario Kart.
0: No, Ryan disagrees. He's no. a playable is he's character a in Mario Party. No, I just I don't think he.
2: He wait. He is in Smash. Peach uses him.
0: Yeah, she she beats people up with. Yeah, him. she um, uses him um, as a weapon.
2: Yeah. But I like as a
1: real like selectable character. Nah, <laughs> if Captain Toad was in Smash, That'd be I'd be different. down with that. I right.
0: don't think either well, of them should, should be, be should be exposed to all that mess. All yeah. that mess. Yeah. All so that sweet. nonsense. They're Perfect. just so pure and They're innocent. Just, oh. just stay away. Just hold on to yeah. it. <laughs> I don't want to see you get killed by Ridley. Just stay away. Oh, yeah. Just stay here. Fight the bird, get the stars, <laughs> find the hearts, fall in love. Just stay away from Smash and be safe. You've painted such a beautiful picture for Toad's life. I really, really love. I'm really him glad and his girlfriend. I'm really glad as that we
1: you set that. Up. Basically, oh, yeah. kidnapping okay. right well. now. <laughs> There's that yeah. sadness. Code's
2: girlfriend just got kidnapped. I know.
1: I, I've been reading a lot of questions from the uh, the Facebook group, but you can also get at us on Twitter. That's at NVC Podcast. Just like Nick Hickman did when he asked, with Castlevania and Metal Gear Solid being so prominently featured in Smash Brothers Ultimate, mm-hmm. do you guys and gals think Konami could put a few of those series titles on the Switch in coming months? Ooh. Seems like an easy way to make money for Konami. I would love... For the Metal Gear Collection to come out on Switch, I'm a huge Metal Gear fan. I think it's beautiful on the Vita. I would love for that collection to come to Switch. When and the Switch
0: through all those again. When the Switch launched and Bomberman <laughs> sold half a million units, I said, it's, uh, "Sorry, it's Bomberman." Bomberman. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I could have sworn that Konami and every other company would take note, look at the stuff they have. that's easy to sort of port over um, and make it work. I, I imagine that the Mega Man games are doing well for Capcom. Those collections. Uh, I mean, Major Man. Major Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do we just have funny names for everything? Yeah, on NBC? that's right. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I, I feel like that. Those are easy wins. More so, uh, I was really hoping that this news with Simon Belmont would lead us to getting a brand new dedicated. That's Castlevania. right. Castlevania '64 yeah. finally
1: comes to Switch.
0: It's, uh, it's pronounced
1: Castlevania. Castlevania. Yeah.
2: Uh, I mean, delightful.
1: Even if you're even if you're hard up for a Castlevania game on the Switch, you've got uh, Dead Cells. Uh, Dead Cells uh, first and foremost, which feels like the most. Uh, uh, the most perfect evolution of the, the yeah. Castlevania formula. Hollow Knight. Uh, Hollow Knight. And there's also um, uh, oh my god, Bloodstained, Curse of the Moon. yeah, And the full, like the full blown version of Bloodstained coming out, be- well, sometime soon. Yes. Yeah. 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 They, uh, they keep saying 2018, but we, we don't know for certain. That yeah. said,
0: I mean, I shadowed them out before, but I would love a collection of the three Game Boy Advance Castlevania games Yo, on the Switch. The, that pixel art would, scales beautifully. Yeah, it would absolutely. work so well mm-hmm. given the resolution of it. Yeah. The, the, you That's
1: know, uh, Circle of the Moon, Harmony of Dissonance, and Aria of Sar. Aria of Sar, Aria of Sar it might be like it might be the best castlevania yeah i love, so, it. I love that played better it before? than symphony yeah symphony is uh, really Symphony's good symphony is really good but aria Sorrow like the way that you you mix and match the spirits in that game to mm. create new powers and stuff is really super cool mm-hmm. I believe that was aria sorrow yeah Don't get feel, at me in the comments if that was the wrong so, Castlevania game.
0: obviously there's still that i mean people see the konami logo and they're still pretty irked for a good measure for mm. a lot of reasons over you know, the last you know few it's years. a funny word irked irked yeah it's pronounced irked <laughs> um so i think that that would be good faith that would be good guy konami to sort of take a bunch of those great games and just put them on <laughs> switch so
1: uh, Derek Grant over on Twitter asks uh, Casey specifically, "What advice do you have for us newbies to Magoo, which I assume um, is Monster Hunter Generations y- Ultra. Ultimate. Ultimate?" I thought you were talking about the blind card Yeah, Magoo. Good job.
0: It... it was before your
1: time. Well, I think. I'm trying just to close your eyes and
0: walk on a construction site. Yeah. I'm trying to
1: <laughs> set a precedent of every game that's called Ultimate, just naming it Ultra. There's after way last too many so. anyway. There's yeah. too many
2: Ultimates. Um, Anyway, uh, my advice to you is to go uh, to our Monster Hunter Generations wiki. Oh boy, <laughs> what's up with
1: you wikis, folks? Always plugging.
2: Well, all of the advice that we have to give is already written down on wikis. So. <laughs> well,
1: well, Zach, let me tell but, you well, right now. I, you know, there's not Damn. a uh, there's not a way that I can counter argue that. Yeah. So,
2: but um, anyway, really, there is a uh, things to do first and there's a basic tips and tricks page uh-huh. there are little um tutorials for all of the different styles and if you don't know what that means the wiki will explain it to you
4: Yes monster hunter <laughs> is as much about fashion as it has, as it is about That's monster. why I put on you this hat You be that
2: fashion hunter <laughs>
4: yeah. yeah
2: it's perfect I'm sure it gives you like I don't know. Plus one evasion or something.
1: Definitely not that. <laughs> no, uh, that definitely not. Gives me not. plus six. Cool though. Uh, okay, so over on Facebook, Sean McGee asks best bar arcades when visiting San Francisco. Brian, this one I
0: want to give to you because yes. you just did a whole show. About, I did an entire show about, about traveling this. to barcades. Yeah, I, mean, uh, for, I did it. Just plug, Google. Plug show. I, I did just Google IGN Fast Travel. I did a four part. Basically, TV show-style travel show Mm -hmm. about barcades and cool nerd culture here in San Francisco, Seattle, Portland, Oregon, and uh, Los Angeles. So go check that out. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, Uh, But specifically-
1: here in San Francisco, mm-hmm. what barcades do you recommend?
4: Um, arcade is good. Well, Arcade's good. Yeah, yeah. there's Brucade. That's on market. Um, um, there's a lot of good craft beer at brewcade, which yeah. I think is really this cool. Is the Foundry. If, if, you're the foundry. If, you're looking, if you're looking for more of like heavier on the arcade side than the bar side, Coin-Op. Coin-Op. Yeah. It's really cool. Coinop Coin-Op
1: is a chain, I
4: believe. Yeah. Um, but they opened up. It's actually pretty close to our office. we yeah. a couple third of Is it 3rd or 4th Street? Uh,
1: no. Yeah. It's, I think it's 3rd. And, and so uh,
0: the, the one we didn't get to include was it, there's a weird one on Fisherman's Wharf called the Museum of
1: something? Oh, yeah, that's a, it's like an old, uh, yeah.
0: uh, like it's not
1: even, it's not. It's like museum mechanic, yeah, right? Yeah. Like it, They're not even games, they're just attractions basically. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Like so it's some cool of like though. the original yeah.
4: coin-operated machinery game it, It's things. like you put your hands on the, the yeah. brass pillars and it's like, test your love connection. Yeah, like stuff those, like that. So if
0: you're in the wharf, which, if you're traveling from out of town, your parents are probably booking a hotel there, because a lot of people do that. When yeah. it comes hey, to Conrad,
1: next. Conrad 69 uh, actually just pipes in over here on the, uh, the old chat and mm-hmm. says uh, that this hat actually gives me plus six millennial points. So oh,
2: okay. I'll take yeah, that. that great,
1: Brian. I got one last question, and I, you know, I hate to double up, but this one is also for you. Uh, now that you've acquired one, have you figured out where babies come from? Asking for a friend. Have
0: acquired one? Yeah, didn't you just? You did you
3: buy baby, your baby? Right?
0: No, I I've been weird. <laughs> did you
1: pre-order that baby? Yeah. I
0: did. Yeah, I, I didn't know how to. <laughs> I, I still don't know Nine how. to whole Like, months. I don't know how to talk about that because I've 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 been like, when we got our baby, you know, and it's kind of like, well, we didn't get. Well, we went down we, to the baby yeah. store. did We earn it. did We make it. You had it. We didn't. I mean, is it an event? Because people were like, when I bought my dog, and other people were like, you didn't buy your dog. You adopted your dog, and so um, we didn't. Ad- we just had all, it. We had our baby, but I didn't have it. it. Yeah. Um <laughs> when what <laughs> was the question? I mean, I'm going to be honest,
1: this is a pretty uh R-rated question and you mm-hmm. went in a very different direction. So do I you. know
0: where they come where they- from? i
2: figured out where babies come from.
1: They
0: come from the question block. That's really <laughs> <laughs> nicely done. And you hit it and the coin comes out. <laughs>
4: I feel like that is borderline euphemism but oh, what yeah. you've done yeah. oh yeah. thanks a lot <laughs> from the Babby store guys we
1: gotta wrap it up I wanna thank you guys so much for being on the show Demon. Brandon thanks for coming to talk yeah. about Dead Cells Casey, Brian thank you for always sticking around and thank you guys for watching remember uh, IGN has only one Nintendo show and it's this one NVC 3pm Thursdays uh, and you can catch us uh, on YouTube the following day Fridays at 3pm uh, but we're not the only show on IGN there's also Beyond which Brian is a part of mm-hmm. uh, there's also Game Scoop which Casey is often a part of, and then you can see my friend Brandon over here on Unlocked just about every old week. Is that right? Every week. Thank you guys so much for watching. We'll be back next week at 3 p.m. on Thursday, and until then, get the thing.